0: I would love to talk about this weekend.
1: I was not able to pay much attention to what was happening, except for Mason Clark's other stolen valor tweet, which was him going X O in cube, where X equals two. So you know, lots of suspicious tweets from one Mason Clark.
0: Yeah, he really wanted to make sure he went undefeated in the mutate cube his second time playing it because he won the first one. Mm -hmm. uh, The the first time he played it like a while ago. So as soon as he went two O, he's like, "All right." I'm um, really hungry. It's, it's time to eat. That's- we got to <laughs> clean up. <laughs> the,
2: the first time I mental magic with Mason, I, I won somehow, and then I was like, I'm never playing with you again, so I can always say I'm undefeated against you. <laughs> but then he did talk me into playing again, and I did lose.
0: Oh, no. That's how he gets you. You should have just held him, you know, Mason Clark way. Just not play it again. Just came, out, came out on top.
1: And then if we want to talk about the judging and the oh, like God. enforcement stuff, we can. I, I was at have...
0: that stupid tournament. I was there. I lived it. I lived it the entire weekend. I wasn't even checking Twitter, because I don't check Twitter while I'm at tournaments. Sure. i got other stuff That's to so do.
2: That's so badass.
1: <laughs> That's so cool,
0: you're,
1: you're so awesome. That's so cool. <laughs> Wait.
0: And so I just, like, didn't have any exposure to any of the Twitter arguments, which i probably assume we're dumb anyway but everyone around me at all times was talking about this stupid
1: ruling
2: wait people at the event were that's at
1: the event it was irl twitter well i think it was like probably even more crazy at event because i didn't realize that so this is the what happens when i when my opponent casts indomitable creativity and they don't have all of their indomitable creativity creatures are in their sideboard in game one and the answer to that is turns out to be that they they, they get the a warning and they still win the game. <laughs> but even worse than that was that the floor judge ruled like, okay, well you can't get your creatures off of this because they're not in your deck, and I don't I don't know if they. Like, put them in afterward or whatever. But anyways, like, the game ended and the creativity player lost. And then the head judge came over and was like, okay, so if he had had the creatures in his deck, like, you would have died to it, right? And the opponent was like, yeah. And then he was like, okay, so I'm going to, like, reverse the results of that game and the creativity player is going to oh, win really? that one. Which, I, you know, whatever oh. the ruling actually is, that is a that feels nuts to me. I can honestly say I've
0: literally never had... Is that? A, are you just drinking water out of an entire mason jar?
1: Yeah, it's efficient. I only have to refill it every so often. Okay,
2: but you... it's not, but it's harder to drink though because there's the weird, weird lip. But I'm. Do you see any water? Are you calling Chris's
0: lips me? weird?
2: <laughs> yeah, you got weird lips, Chris. <laughs> yeah, you got weird lips, bro.
0: <laughs> I forgot. I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. In and that's all it is takes
2: um, <laughs> is me yes, drinking out of it a mason jar. you will not survive the winter
1: (laughs) I've survived many winters you have forgotten the face (laughs) of your fatherly
0: I remember now (laughs) I've literally never had any sort of event or game match tournament magic and I've been playing magic for like 20 years basically where the result is just completely reversed Mm -hmm. on a dime
2: yeah that's crazy it doesn't happen yeah I have exactly two thoughts about this situation and both are other people's thoughts. But number one, uh, there was a really funny tweet. Which 15 creatures are you playing in your uh, Pioneer? Is it Creativity Toolbox sideboard? (laughs) Uh, Which I thought was funny. And then the second is um, I saw one of the many judges that weighed in said uh, that he would say that, like, we shuffle the cards into the deck uh, with the resolution of indomitable creativity but you don't get the creatures and i think that seems like the fairest like way to do it because we did the thing where we exile the whole deck until we find a creature there were no creatures so now we are in the stage where you are shuffling the like revealed cards into your deck and at that stage i feel like you could put the creatures in but i don't know
1: yeah it is like a wonky fix and probably like not with it but it seems like the closest thing to a fair fix because like you did get an advantage by not being able to draw your World Spine Worm or Xenagos, and n- now you're discovering it with your creature. Like you can't just give that to to somebody. Uh, not at not
2: yeah. at Well, especially if the question is like, if the question is, would you have lost if this had resolved and two creatures had gone to play? The answer is. I guess yes, but it's also kind of not even yes, because it's like, well, I don't know, would he have if like by that same token would you have lost if you had like drawn your creativity piece at some point during the game? Like I don't know. It feels like it's that's just it's inherently flawed
0: the question. The players and no they they have no incentive to like tell the truth there. The person who won because the opponent didn't have enough cards. They if the judge just asks them, would you have lost? and they go I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> Is it just not a game one anymore?
2: Well, you can't lie to a judge, which I do feel like you would have to be able to explain why you wouldn't have lost, I think, if that's the, the logic they're going down.
1: Yeah. It it just it feels so weird to me to reverse the result of a game. It also feels weird to me like, I can, like, intellectually accept that I guess the ruling is, yeah, you, you get your creativity creatures. Like, we've discovered that the creatures are—that your deck was wrong and now we're going to fix it. But, I don't know. It, it seems like a comparable REL, it probably should be a game loss. Because if you, you presented an illegal deck and we're now discovering it once it's relevant. And, I I, I like, game lossing sucks. But it's hard for me to accept that, that like, this fix of, like, you get a warning and— a very real advantage from screwing up your deck presentation is weird to me.
2: What's interesting is this this that same weekend at the uh energy in Detroit, I uh I cast a oh no, sorry, this was two weekends ago, so the weekend before I cast a traverse in Grease Fang uh for a basic swamp on turn one of the last round. Uh, and I am looking through my deck and there's no swamp in my deck <laughs> and I Check several times, and then I call a judge on myself and explain the situation to them. They take my hand and my deck uh, and the cards in play and like oh, in three okay. separate piles. We go to another table uh, and we like note which cards were like in play and in my hand. Sort the entire deck to figure out. First, Well, first we counted my deck, which is, it It resulted in 60 cards. So I had mm-hmm. 60 cards in my deck, I just didn't have a basic swamp that I did register. And so we, like, sorted my entire deck, and then we found out, basically, that I had two Temple Gardens when I had only registered one. It, one of the Temple Gardens, fortunately neither Temple Garden was in my hand, we were able to just swap one out for the basic swamp. I got a warning for a deck problem, play resumed with me fetching the swamp with my Traverse. So it's, like, kind of similar, but it's a little different, obviously, because casting traverse for basic swamp isn't a game-winning play, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and it's arguable whether or not it was an advantage to have no basic swamp in my deck, given that I had a Temple Garden instead, which is, like, not even a black source.
1: But it still does feel like we're going to some pretty big lengths to get away from, because, you know, at one point in history, it just was you get a game loss if you're deck that you presented wasn't what you were supposed to present and i i do think that being a little more lenient than that is good especially because like the you get game lost just incentivizes you to never call a judge when you realize that your deck is illegal because like you're just gonna get the punishment for it and so like that's bad incentives but I, i guess there's just a point at which like you gotta get a penalty for it. There's a, there's no real way to repair the game state. And it's somewhere in between the oh no, I don't have a swamp in my deck and ah, I've played this entire game without having to draw World Spine Worm and now I'm casting creativity. Like th- th- There's there's a
2: spot there where I think we have to cut it off. Yeah, it's crazy how broken <laughs> it, creativity would be if you could just never draw your combo pieces. Anyway, sorry, go on.
0: you are just in the companion zone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I have only had one lifetime deck registration or deck error problem like this, where the cards weren't right or whatever. It's when I lost a card in my deck and presented 59 cards. And one of the the judge rule, like we were talking about policy back and forth for all the uh, 57 cards nonsense, because this was discovered mid-game and it basically was fixed, so they won the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, but one of the questions is what if you just present 57 cards and it's caught before the game starts well that's a game loss but if you catch it in the middle of the game you just fix it
1: well it's not a
2: it's not a game loss anymore right
1: no i was told it was a game loss
2: it's if you present and they like stop and deck check you and you didn't have 58 if you didn't have 60 cards that's a game loss Oh, that's wildly inconsistent. Then I assume
1: that like none of it was a game loss anymore, but that doesn't make any sense. That it's no longer a game loss. Like now that you've gotten an advantage from it,
0: and to me, that just encourages like making tournaments slower, where you, you just count your opponent's deck because that's how I got my one game loss from losing card that one time. Is my opponent just like very slowly counted my deck before the tournaments before their round started, and was kind of scummy. In general, but <laughs> regardless, and they're just like you, have fifty-nine cards. Judge, you get this guy's game loss. Wait,
2: that makes me feel like the guy like stole one of your cards yeah, and then just pulled a card.
0: I was a literal child at the time, so that could very well be what happened.
2: <laughs> All right, name this player. Let's fucking, let's shame them. I don't <laughs> remember
0: their name. I do not remember their name.
2: I, I it was Mason imagine. Clark.
1: Oh my god, me. twist. <laughs> Not even a twist, just in, no, in the character a, yeah. we've
2: established for Mason uh, Clark. Mason
0: Clark also uh, at like the time the a literal child. Clark,
2: <laughs> I like the idea of painting Mason Clark like he's the villain of MTG Grindcast, like <laughs> this like larger than life, like like for lack of a better term, super villain. <laughs>
0: like, I mean, I mean, think about it. Have we had Mason on the podcast? Is could that be because of a lifelong feud between us and him? It's hard to say.
1: I believe it. Yeah, we haven't. It's definitely because of a feud.
0: <laughs> no one can see you shifting your eyes in audio <laughs> medium.
1: Hey everyone! Welcome to episode 306 of the MTG Grindcast, the spikiest podcast in all of Central North Carolina. We're your hosts. I'm Chris Castor-Apple. With me is Lee McLeod. Hi, Lee. Hey, Chris. And we are joined by Jesse Robkin, aka Titty Pills. Jesse, thank you for being here.
2: What's Gucci? Thanks for having me.
1: We're definitely not over half an hour into recording
2: as I'm doing this intro segment.
0: Yeah, but how much of that was technical support with Twitch chat? Yeah.
2: I'm in 15 I'm 15 minutes into recording personally but uh. okay. okay so now we
0: know exactly how much that was <laughs> yeah. that'll
2: that'll help me sync up the tracks
1: when I'm editing so oh
2: yeah happy to help
1: all right so we talked some about all, all the judging and you know penalty guidelines stuff
0: uh wait one more thing about judging while we not haven't talked about it enough yet great <laughs> the, this whole... The conversation about all the rules and stuff reminds me about how, like, thinkless and terrible judging is. The people that do it are, like, for the most part, great, mm-hmm. and they get compensated with basic lands. Now it's just oh so my sad god, to me.
2: oh so. my god. Also, Mason's in chat now.
0: Oh no! Did he hear us shit talking him? I mean, I guess he's so talking nice about him. Sorry, Mason. We needed a bad
2: guy. It's so egregious that, like the 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 basic lands debacle of 2023. It's like such a bad decision that I have a hard time seeing. Like, it has to get walked back, right? Like, like it's it's like.
1: Yeah, like what on earth was the process that led to... Oh yeah, we'll just give them some basic lands with some owls on them. That'll be good this year.
2: I can't even
0: find the owl in half of (laughs) them. I looked. I gave it my due diligence. Well, that just sounds
2: like a fun game. (laughs) (laughs) Hide the owl.
0: Where's Waldo, but they're on like judge-gated lands you have to pay a membership for.
2: Where's Owldo?
1: Oh... Actually, oh, if almost. like basic lands that are like a Where's Waldo type game with like all the magic characters on them and there's like an owl, like you know, that would, that would be cool. I'm in, it's a good secret layer. Yes, Where's Waldo's secret layer. I don't remember who had the point there. Uh, uh we all agree that it's <laughs>
2: not a whole lot to say about it, I think, other than shame on you, uh, whoever yeah. did that to them. I, I stand bad. with the judges personally. I, I think. Without judges, our game wouldn't function.
0: And, uh like, the, I mean, have you been to the... an RCQ? It, this is not yeah, just it's to a you, Jesse, shit show. But, Like, also to anyone. It, if there hasn't been a judge, it is wild. And, like, I'm a player with, like, a very good understanding of the rules. And it's just, you know, no holds barred. Whoever sounds the most confident wins. That sort of <laughs> deal. Yeah. I, we,
2: like, Every player, every like competitive player, has like a frustrating story about like an interaction with the judge. But like, the only reason those are frustrating is because judges are so good most of the time. And like, I don't know, I think like it's such a bad precedent to set if if we're all like uh, acting like judges are not s- sort of selflessly giving their uh, <laughs> their time to so that we can play this game that we like competitively. I will sh-
0: I will shout out the table. I did commentary this past weekend for the the durham the gathering little tournament that was yeah the 10k uh and i'll just shout out uh jack the judge jack pullman he's a local he did the table judge for the feature match uh, through the, the entire top eight and was really helpful for just like you know a pith and needle was played and we hadn't set it up where we could have that information he just like ran over with a piece of paper that said grist tied or tie on it i'm like all right great jack you're the best oh yeah yeah that's awesome
2: Shout out to that player for naming Grist instead of Yawgmoth, by the way.
1: I mean, this was the finals, so.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I didn't get to watch any of that, unfortunately. I just had other stuff going on. But how, you know, how was the
0: gathering? The gathering was great. So if you uh, you missed it, it was a tournament in Durham, North Carolina, which is very close to me and Chris. Uh hosted by a just a local game store out of chapel hill also in north carolina Uh, it was for charity they did it for extra life as part of extra life so this one was for duke's children's hospital i believe uh and they had a lot of different tournaments they had a couple different pioneer tournaments on the you know friday sunday and then the main event was a 10k modern tournament that lasted two days it had an extra round it didn't need to have um Probably due to a little poor planning, but it's okay fine. Uh, it, it made getting the top eight like kind of weird.
2: Mm. Uh
0: and then there's a like several cube events, some C E D H, some Legacies, some vintage even. Like there's just like a little bit of everything. It was a really a really nice tournament. Uh just honestly a bunch of hanging out and playing magic too. Uh we did commentary. It was me and Collins uh alternating with two other local players uh walker and isaac who pr- most people probably just haven't heard of because they're they're just local people around here uh but me and Collins did the top eight i think in part uh, which i was really proud of i think we did a good job and the top eight was really interesting the the two players that made the finals was a Yagmoth player and a, a type player uh, their names were i know drew of voice was the merc type player i can't pronounce his last name i'm sorry and brandon osborne was the agogmoth player they were both they both played extremely well i was really impressed you know i'm, I'm commentating the match so i can see relatively both players hands and have a, a very large degree of information that the players do not have so i'm thinking all right this is the optimal play given perfect information Andrew makes the play without having perfect information mm-hmm. and it was very good
1: nice yeah, I'll have to go back and watch that. I, I know it was streamed, like, on YouTube, so I don't really know how VODs work, but I assume that they exist. It's the same.
0: You just go to a channel and just click sure. where
1: the video is and watch it. I'll figure it out. Well, anything else, or should we just, like, get to spoilers? Uh, No. Most of
0: the, like, tournament stuff I did—like, I didn't play Game of Magic this past weekend— Mm -hmm. like i did commentary i watched a bunch of magic we did a cube draft which i sat out in we did the the mutate cube because a lot of people wanted to play it right yeah so i can only have eight people for this cube so i just sat out because i can keep it whenever i want we had everyone else cube it
2: i uh i had the vml this weekend which was fun two slot a 24 player two slot ptq it was lord of the rings limited for the first three rounds and standard for the rest so i had to learn both formats and honestly, both formats pretty fun. Yeah, I'm excited to get back into standard. What like as
1: soon as this set comes out, I I, I just haven't played it in so long.
2: Ooh, it's I'm interesting because there's not a rotation this time around, so it's just an addition. Yeah, exactly. I think the format's gonna be pretty fun. This new set looks really strong, which I'm sure we're about to get into. Like the format as it exists right now, like blue black is the deck everybody is playing, but it's not. I don't think it's actually like the only good thing to do. In the it, format. It's just
0: inertia, inertia. Yeah, format. exactly.
2: Like I spent like a week basically on the format and I felt pretty good about our decks matchup against Blue Black. We played like Esper midrange because wedding announcement kind of messes that deck up. Um mm. and I was pretty pretty happy with it. Tournament didn't go great for me, but I I made a couple like costly mistakes. I finished 4 and 3 for an RC invite that I already had twice. So, um <laughs> Tri- triple uh, Q'd was, for Atlanta. Uh, I am triple Yeah, I'll be in Atlanta three times.
0: <laughs> for someone who kept uh like missing the mark on the, the RCQ invite, I know, or the it's RC so You're just really racking them up for this one RC now.
2: <laughs> well, what sucks is I was double queued for Atlanta the first time around, and then I couldn't, I didn't qualify for San Diego, and then I had to LCQ into Dallas. And, and then now I'm triple queued for Atlanta again. Anytime it's in Atlanta, you know I'll be there.
1: <laughs> Tough.
2: Yeah, there was some talk of maybe getting it deferred, but that did not happen. Basically my feeling this is my first time playing the VML. Um I played season ten, which was the most recent season, and then the champs. There's like definitely issues like the fact that you have to play on arena. Um it's like pretty expensive if you haven't if you don't already have an arena collection and the structure, like encouraging metagaming and having to like change your deck every round is not ideal. But as far as like how well the tournaments run and um just the like experience of playing in a league full of like only people of marginalized genders. That was a really, really exciting thing. The champs was awesome. It was just, it was a very fun tournament. So I I definitely recommend like listeners out there who are themselves of marginalized gender. It's such a mouthful, um, (laughs) checking out the VML. um, If you are so inclined, I think it's really fun. I don't know if I'm going to do it again. Definitely happy I did it this time.
1: Yeah, it's a cool opportunity and definitely also encourage anybody who is, eligible for it to check out the vml yeah for sure was there coverage this time around i don't know what's happened with with coverage for these
2: yeah there was uh Hayu and aria and a couple other people uh becky bell and uh i think there was like one or two others but i i didn't really watch the coverage because i was playing um, yeah. but yeah i think there was a there was a collection of, of folks doing coverage
1: that's awesome that's a good team too i i just was like out i was not able to watch any magic at all this weekend so but that's mm. that's nice
2: it's just because you don't support the vml it's okay you can say it <laughs> yeah.
1: uh-huh. i didn't even go to like this convention that a bunch of people ended up going to was it's 20 miles from my house and i couldn't go do it this weekend so that's how like unavailable i was for magic the gathering yeah that's it's, it's a rough
0: weekend for ccr you gotta yeah. get you gotta kind of slack
2: Oh, was it a rough ref- oh
1: I didn't know. No, it was a fine weekend. I just had other plans.
2: <laughs> I'm so sorry, CCR. I I, I wasn't aware. Um, so sorry to hear. I'm about sorry your for plans. your loss.
0: <laughs> your loss of Magic the Gathering this one weekend. Yeah.
1: Anyways, spoilers?
0: Ooh, let me let me talk about standards real quick before we go into spoilers. Okay. Yeah all in because y'all said you're both excited for standard and i kind of am too but i have no reason to play standard until like the next set after this one Mm -hmm. (laughs) because the next rcq format's modern right
1: yeah i mean that's that's the thing that sucks is like they change rotation so it's kind of exciting that like standard is a three-year format now and like, I, I don't know, like the thing we said at the very beginning of that is like, okay, this is nice. Like the format could be better now, like maybe this is an improvement, but they still have to give us a reason to play. And now six months almost after that announcement, and there just is not, there hasn't been a reason to play standard unless you are in something specific, like the VML, it's doing it. But for the, the broader player base, the, there's are, just no reason.
0: Have there been a bunch of standard arena opens? Cause I don't,
1: participate in that program
2: not really all the arena opens are limited i think right
1: these days yeah all the opens are limited the last couple of qualifier weekends were explorer and i think like historic or something so i i, yeah. I don't even know maybe one of the qualifier weekends was standard but
0: okay this yeah it's so weird they just would they're not going to promote people to play standard
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. forever. I'm, I'm holding out hopes that there will be like standard gps in the not too distant future a GP? What's that? Not literally GP, but like, you know, like the same thing that's happening in Vegas, um, but for Standard oh, and stuff.
0: What is it? Is it called a Magic Fest? Or is it just a weekend? There's no way to know. <laughs> you have all the answers. You're the, You're our Vegas correspondent.
1: I believe they are oh, called um, Magic Fest still.
2: Yeah, I'm going to lose my job here because I'm not going to go to Vegas because I have a wedding to go to that weekend. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have to find a different. But- field uh, reporter (laughs) i can give you a field report from the wedding though
1: yes we'll have you would that be rather
0: intrusive to (laughs) your
2: friends (laughs) i won't show my bed but i will show my cousin's wedding (laughs) that's that's fair
1: (laughs) they're probably fine with that
2: anything for the content
1: (laughs) yeah this is the content that our listeners crave all
0: right we can go to spoilers now i don't want to drag on too long there's a bunch of cards
2: I've been looking at them all week because I wrote i a, a, I've been writing scripts for Deprav. i I'm ready, is what nice.
1: I'm saying. Um, and feel free to like point me towards any particular card. I mean, we can like go, you know, we can go one, two, three, or whatever. Just like each person can pick a card that we talk about. I don't have any particular order, and I, I want to make sure to touch on stuff that everybody's excited about. I kind of want to start with, if I'm going to kick things off, I want to start with Hearth mm-hmm.
0: Elemental. Yeah, by all means, go kick kicks off. Thank you, I will. With a dredge
1: card, you sicko. <laughs> kind of the dredge card. It might be an uh, a lot of things card. Five and a red for an elemental. Four, five. Costs X less to cast, where X is the number of cards in your graveyard that are instants, sorceries, or adventures. And its adventure is Stoke Genius. One and a red. It's a sorcery. Discard your hand, then draw two cards so it's really kind of discard your hand then draw three cards because you draw the hearth elemental so you know the the version of it like this card already exists it's like an instant with the same text but that card is obviously has never been played dangerous wager dangerous storage. wager. Yeah. yeah
0: i knew that one love discarding my hand there's a lot of cards that did that in restore for some
1: reason so i don't know if this is really a dredge card or if the draw threes are better because they let you dredge harder but there's some possibility there for this in dredge there's some possibility for there as you know a discard outlet in phoenix type decks or prowess decks or whatever and then it's just like a big you know once you get to the stage in the game where you've discarded your hand and you've done graveyard stuff it's just a one mana four five i don't know this card seems really cool to me and has a lot of potential
2: yeah, it seems good. It's got the like season Pyromancer thing where you can like cast it when you're when it's the last card in your hand and just draw two fresh yeah. cards. Yeah, um, true. I have a hard time imagining. I I don't really think this is like the thing Dredge needed or whatever. Like, so I have a hard time imagining like where else it would find a home in. But it does seem like a generically strong card. This also feels, by the way, to me like a trend I've been noticing with the adventure cards in this set, which I did tweet about today. But um, it feels like last time the like adventure cards for the most part, we're all, like, over-costed, like, spells. And then the creature half was, like, sometimes, like, a reasonable body, usually, not, like, super over or whatever, or under But now it feels like the spells are themselves, like, pretty playable spells. Like, you just have actual Reckless Impulse in this set, which I'm sure we're going to get to, as, like, one of the... And that's, like, attached to a and Ranger. And then, like, this is, like, this spell is, like, pretty close to, like, what you would make this spell cost if it was just, like, an actual sorcery. I don't know. It's really interesting, and I think that the result will be, like, a pretty big buff to all of these adventure cards, for the most part.
1: Yeah, they're, like, a little more dedicated, though. You know, like, this spell, like, discard your hand then draws you guards only goes into certain decks, unlike like, stomp and petty theft, which are just, like, generic.
2: Well, this specific one, yeah, but there are there are definitely, like, generic like cards like the dragon that draws two cards and then is a mm-hmm. pretty strong dragon. Uh, like but if you're like going card for card I think like compared to like other uncommon adventures, this looks stronger to me than like the average uncommon adventure from uh sure. Of I can buy that.
1: Yeah I, I don't know if I see it in Dredge. I know like Sodek was like okay this might be a thing for Dredge but um I I I do think that it has alternative uses in like <clears throat> Phoenix and Prowess kind of stuff. The one thing that's really weird about it, though, is that you can't, like, if you're doing it in Pioneer, you can't cast this and then cast your, you can't store a Delve card in your hand after casting this spell. So that that's a little awkward for Pioneer, like Prowess and Phoenix purposes.
2: It's really more like a like a Rakdos card to me than a, is it card? Like a Rakdos
1: Spells deck or something. Yeah. Or like Mono Red or something like that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That that's where I see it. I see it in any kind of deck that would play a
1: what's that card called? Thermo Alchemist? Is that the one that untaps when you cast a spell? Yeah, I mean it, it. It This has a lot of like Bedlam Reveler energy to it.
2: I was kind of thinking more like uh, it's it's the kind of thing you play in like an attrition based game where like both players are going down to very few resources. Like you discard them a bunch, and then all your discard spells make this cheaper to cast from the Adventure Zone, etc.
0: Yeah. The I think the, I get where you're coming from. I just think the problem with that is you have to cast a lot of spells to get it to be like in a playable creature range because it's just a vanilla four yeah. five after you after the cost yeah. reduction is done.
2: But it's a free and feature until
0: you, yeah. Well, it, until you put it into play, the adventure you just can't cast. Like you don't want to discard your hand a lot of times in the attrition matchups unless you're done attritioning. And time, just like Bethlehem, right? anytime you draw two, you're like going to have to play the creature before you cast the adventure. You're not going to get two adventures out of that card. So I think it has, it's like intrinsic built-in issues in, the, in that kind of matchup.
1: This is Loki kind of great against Scam. Like drawing it after they've like thought seized you to death, you just draw two cards and then it's a 4-5 which trades with a 4-4 Fury. As long as you have a graveyard, which is not always the case.
0: Yeah, which against the Void Voidwalker deck, not always guaranteed. Uh, but cool card. I want to push back on jesse's thesis of adventures (laughs) because i do not agree i think they are like rarity by rarity i think they are all still bad spells into medium creature but i don't think that's a bad thing like i don't think any of the cards are actually on rate like even the reckless impulse which i think is probably the best adventure creature combo uh, along with the dragon uh but the, the reckless impulse is still like doesn't do what reckless impulse does it cuts it by a turn and before she should play it at an instant if you want to get the extra the mana
2: no oh, i see what you're saying okay yeah until your next instant yeah
0: yeah like if you cast it in your main phase you can't cast those cards on your following turn you'd you have to play it on your opponents instep, step untap, and then you can play those cards you don't get like a whole extra turn like you do with reckless impulse sure uh and the dragon is also just like divination, but I'm I'm cool with the the multicolored cards being the stronger one. I would prefer that's how it be because they are much less deck limited than if like every red deck gets to play Stomp Bone Crusher or every green deck gets to play Lovestruck Beast Tarts Desire. Yeah, like even the uh, mythic ones, like the black. Let's just talk about the black one because I think people want to talk about that one anyway. Virtue of Pestilence is the one I'm referring to. The the mythic enchantment. It's seven mana. Virtue the of persistence. Persistence, what did I say?
1: Pestilence.
0: Oh, yeah. I can't read. <laughs> uh, 5 BB enchantment. At the of your upkeep, put target creature from any graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. Uh, its adventure side is one in a black sorcery. Target creature gets minus three, minus three until end of turn. You gain two life. Uh, I vividly remember playing with the Rivals of Ixalan card that I don't remember the name of, which was 1 B instant, minus two, minus two, gain two. Moment of craving, yeah. Uh, and this seems better, just straight up at first glance, because it's also two mana. It gives you an extra minus one, minus one, and you're still gaining two life. But it is not an instant, which does matter.
2: Yeah, yeah I mean, if sure. you're nitpicking, like it's not—they're not literally like like they would be a little bit worse. But the fact that you're drawing an extra, like, I guess I mean, compared to the previous like ones where it was like stop with a two mana shock, which is like you
1: know not great yeah
2: yeah like storm killed vanguard is a two mana disenchant which is like the rate for disenchant and it's a sorcery instead of an instant you know and then like virtue of loyalty makes a 2-2 white uh night creature with vigilance at instant speed that's just like actual celestial Virtue
0: of loyalty i i love i think that yeah that
2: card's awesome i think it's really good you got a two mana like target creature gains double strike, which is like pretty, like pretty close to on rate. So I just mean like relative to where they were last time. I think that most of these cards are um, slightly stronger than the previous ones. Like I remember looking at them last time and being like these cards, like the spells you're casting suck, but then it was like, Oh, but they also draw you a creature off time. And it's like, okay, that maybe that makes it a little better.
1: Yeah. I wonder what the difference is though. You know, drawing a, like this obviously is a game-ending seven mana enchantment, but it's still a seven mana enchantment, which is like generally worse to draw than you know a a creature that can attack and block. So, I, you know, th- there's there's definitely like design differences there.
2: The Reckless Impulse card is an instant that so you ca- like you have to cast it at instant speed to cast it on your next turn, but then it actually draws you three cards instead of two because it draws you a query ranger. So, yeah, green um, dryad. Yeah, whatever.
0: Hey, Ranger <laughs> Ranger's a mana dork. It gets a land, right? right. So I I'm keep now. saying ranger. <laughs> um, Not everything's a ranger. Some things are dry.
2: Everything's of. a ranger. <laughs> I want to highlight a, a card I'm really excited about, uh, at least in Limited. I don't think it will make construction, become Constructor playable, but it seems like a sweet card in Limited is a scorn Coven, Coven. It's like a four mana, two, three fairy warlock uh, with flying... Uh, It's adventure mode is three mana, take it back, return target spell to its owner's hand. And then when the coven enters the battlefield, each opponent discards a card. So if your opponent's hellbent, you can, like, bounce the spell they just cast. If they they cast their last spell, right, you bounce it to their hand. And then on your next turn, you cast coven and they discard it. It's pretty sweet.
1: It's also, like completely fine is just a four mana two three flying ravenous rats unlimited like that's a card that you you'll just cast without casting the adventure side a lot definitely
0: for some reason i just got like flock of ravens flashback ptsd from the first eldraine set because i remember drafting is it was a flock of ravens or raven something another the one that whenever a creature attacks it drain you drain over
1: Oh yeah mm-hmm whatever that card's called I have like very recent memories of that because I drafted like in the Eldrian flashback thing on arena, I drafted like the double, the red blue enchantment that makes one, one fairies. And then I had two of them in play. It was basically my only way to deal damage to my opponent. And then they just played the, the thing, whatever
2: curse the of the drain enchantment.
1: Or, yeah. <laughs> so I just like, couldn't attack them with anything.
0: I want to talk about my favorite adventure, uh, but I need to find it. Well, it's Bramble Familiar. Is it the mouse? So, the, mouse the mouse is mouse cool,
1: is a good favorite.
0: But I'm not a, um, a Savannah Lions enjoyer. <laughs> it's just not what me. What about a
2: Savannah Mouse enjoyer?
0: I do like <laughs> Savannah Mouse a lot more than Savannah Lions. But I like Bramble Familiar. As like a... Partly design space, I think it's cool. And also it's different than the other adventures. So Bramble Familiar, it's more like like Fae of Wishes from the last set, I think. Uh, Bramble Familiar is a 1G, 2-2, Elemental Raccoon, taps for a green mana, uh, and you can pay 2 mana, tap it, and discard a card to return it to your hand. Uh, the, the adventure side is very expensive. It's 7 mana for a sorcery. You mill 7 cards, then put a creature, enchantment, or land card from among the milled cards onto the battlefield. Uh, I really like this card because it's reverse adventure. Like, normally you cast the adventure first, and you cast the creature. Uh, This one you are almost always casting the creature first. It only costs two mana. Then later you can get it back to your hand and cast the adventure. Then cast the creature again.
1: You know, it's got that nice like I am a mana dork, but also if you top deck me late in the game, I do something. That's a pretty nice place to be. It is a kind of medium mana dork. Like a lot of times, the two mana mana dorks that only make green mana just end up being a little bit questionable.
0: I do wish it made more colors of mana. Like, especially since it's a two-drop mana dork. I feel like that would be it's also a rare. the rare. you can... Yeah, it's also a rare. Paradise Druid uncommon. They can not kill it
1: either. That's the thing that they really, like, were able to do with these adventure cards, is put these, like, just glue cards in at rare and mythic. Like, two mana sorcery, give a creature minus three, minus three, you gain two life that is a mythic rare is just two mana killer thing gain some life is now a mythic rare this two mana two two tap for a green is now a rare card and i don't know how i feel about that exactly
0: i'm i'm okay with Bramble familiar because i don't think that card will ever be expensive the virtue at least i think is a sideboard card mm-hmm. i don't i don't really think you're ever putting that in your main deck unless you because there's so many other go big plans that work uh, and better removal spells to play and i know that's like combining multiple archetypes of card among your deck but i think the
1: the upside of i think the upside is that you can play to yeah virtue of persistence i think the 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 reason that that's good is because you can just put two in your main deck and it'll be fine like it'll kill creatures it'll gain you some life and then it'll it's just also a seven mana spell sometimes
0: it's also hard to argue with that and black being like the foremost color in standard right now yeah what do you think, Jesse? I'm putting you on the spot right now.
2: About whether this card will be a main deck or a sideboard card?
0: Just in general thoughts about it. You don't have to like say that I'm right. I mean, right I
2: think personally. it's good. I think I I don't think that um it beats go for the throat as a removal spell. I don't think that like I I don't know. I could definitely see this card be, seeing play in standard. I don't think it'll be like the go-to removal spell for black decks per se.
1: Yeah. It does not kill Rafine. It doesn't kill, like, some other important stuff at, like, around that mana cost.
2: And sorcery speed removal is pretty important to kill, like, Gix instead of that. And, nah. or sorry, instant speech, rather. <laughs> sure. Uh. There's just, like, a ton, I mean, I'm just, like, scrolling through these things. There's, like, so many cards. The, like, red-white creature land is really cool. The new Prowess one-drop is awesome.
0: The Otter? That card's very yeah, cool. Yeah.
2: The Otter is, I think, it'd be really good. It's, like, prowess but you can't chump block it (laughs) it's crazy
0: Mm -hmm. and the the back side if you want to put like in modern if you're playing blue red you can put yeah stomping ground or breeding pool in your deck and just have the the front side as a card you can play in the late game i'm not sure how good that is but it's not
2: sure how good this card is in modern because of (laughs) orcish bow masters and such Yeah. yeah that it's definitely true. like and also the the prowess deck already has 12 one drops with dragon rage's channeler i'm not sure this supplants the channeler uh, maybe you want 16 of them i don't know yeah it's definitely got
1: some legs they definitely were very intentional with making its spell side green this is elusive otter it's one blue for one one prowess creatures with power less than it can't block it and its spell is x in a green put x plus one plus one counters distributed among creatures you control i mean it like is really cool to have a one drop prowess creature that also has a spell on it but as far as the particulars of like putting it in a modern deck yeah is it dying to bow masters at any point in the game too bad in modern you can actually pay that green so if you draw it a little later even just like x equals zero to get a prowess trigger off of like this is not just a creature it is also just a a prowess trigger for anything that you have in play is is pretty nice but you know in Pioneer that becomes less relevant because I think it's a lot harder to get green mana in your prowess deck. So I don't know, I don't know where this shows up really because it has like pretty significant downsides compared to the other options in each of the formats. But it has a big upside, which is that it is a prowess creature that is a spell. I just don't know how to make use of that necessarily.
2: I think it'll see play in Pioneer, uh, and you can cast it off of like mana confluence, uh, which those decks sometimes play anyway. But yeah, I I also don't think that, like, casting. I think this card is good if it didn't have adventure, and the fact that it has this adventure mode is almost irrelevant based on, like, when you want to cast this card.
1: This doesn't get blocked by a Cauldron Familiar. That's kind of nice. It's similar to the Bramble Familiar, where you just, like, almost always play
0: the creature first, and then the adventure, when you draw extra copies.
2: Yeah. yeah, And generally, you, uh, you don't, like, those cards don't really see play. Like, the, um, the Goldilocks card from the original set was like a 7 mana adventure for right. like a one or two mana creature. Um just didn't see any play.
0: Oh, is that the one that makes three bears?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I was the front side so didn't do anything,
1: right? Yeah, it wasn't a very good creature. And this is a I think yeah, this be Yeah, well this a real creature, This one's great, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Goldilocks
0: is not not it uh can i talk about devouring sugar Maw real quick this is another adventure cart that looks unplayable but for one specific purpose sure 2bb for a horror 6-6 menace trample at the beginning of your upkeep you can sacrifice an artifact or enchantment token if you don't tap it so it, it's like eating food i guess to attack is it the mm-hmm. flavor there
1: it's also a giant donut yes it's
0: also a giant donut in the in the showcase art which is what i'm looking at it looks like some sort of like demented fruit cake the adventure side one in a white for an instant you can create a one create a one, one white human creature token and a food token uh the reason I like this is literally only one reason uh, it's another wave sifter for glimpse of tomorrow
1: oh sure <laughs> Which is
0: hugely important to that deck.
1: That is really cool. Can you make? I I mean, I guess you can make your mana. Ma- I I you already play Teferi in some versions of that deck, so you can. Yeah, you can. Mana. You
0: can be primary Bant if you want, and just play yeah. and play Shardless Agent and Violent Outburst in some numbers. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It does like I, the main takeaway is that we the the draws you have with Wave Sifter are way better than the draws you don't. Like same with Collie Garden, uh, and this gives you more of that effect. Sure. Even if the front side is like kind of garbage.
1: Well, you're going to be putting it into play with Glimpse of Tomorrow, so better better deal with that.
2: You can sacrifice a Shardless Agent to attack with it. Yeah. Or or an Ardent Like synergy.
0: Ooh, put the Ardent P black in your graveyard, shuffle it back with uh, Endurance, go again.
1: <laughs> Great.
2: Yeah, I could see this card being good in that deck.
0: I think it's only good in that deck. I don't see another place for it. <laughs>
2: Menace trample is a weird pairing of keywords, because like, if they're double blocking you, the trample gets a lot less valuable.
0: I mean, how uh, do you feel about flying trample?
2: Flying trample is fine, because there's 1-1 one flying one, one creatures that fly like in the way. Anyway.
1: How do you, what about menace flying? <laughs> menace flying is just unblockable. Yeah. <laughs> With extra steps. What
2: creatures have menace flying?
1: I'm sure there are some.
0: Uh, Junji, the Midnight Sky, has flying and menace. Mm. two-headed giant two-headed dragon has flying in venice That's has two yeah, heads. these are all like flavor yeah. text
1: things yeah you, you
0: need to block them sky terror flying in venice it's the ixalan dinosaur uh and then all the other cards are like crystalline giant or urborg scavengers or odric, where you're like cobble together a flying menace creature
1: yeah it's not a it's not a real design space It was for sky chair that's all the words it has on it (laughs) i mean it's just red white unblockable yeah anyway yep no that makes sense devouring sugar moth seems quite good in glimpse it's not breaking the format but it i think does make the deck quite better
0: yeah if you care about playing it and hey rhinos is on the rise maybe i want to play against
1: rhinos with that deck should we talk about the goose mother since we didn't get to this one last time I don't think this card was spoiled last time, was it? Maybe it wasn't. That was my nickname in high school. Oh, wow. That's very exciting that they finally made your Invitational card. (laughs) The Goose Mother is X, a green, and a blue for a 2-2 flying. It enters the battlefield with X plus 1 plus 1 counters on it. When it enters the battlefield, create half X food tokens rounded up. Whenever it attacks, you may sacrifice a food if you do draw a card. I didn't realize that this was a 2-2. I like, thought that it was kind of like a Hydroid Crisis sized and I didn't really understand it. But then I realized that it is a base 2-2 and this is actually like kind of sick to cast for like 3 mana.
2: Yeah, this card's a banger.
0: I got to show off my reading comprehension skills when people were talking about this card in a Discord. They're like, I don't know, half of your food doesn't draw cards right away. And I'm like, I don't know, for 3 mana you get a food and a 3-3. Everyone's like, "Whoa! It makes a food." X is one, <laughs> <laughs> and I felt super smart for understanding how to read.
2: <laughs> yeah, this card is nice. I don't know, if constructed playable, but maybe it is.
1: Yeah, it's also I don't know, like how the blue green decks are looking and constructed. Like black is so good and so important to be playing in any sort of mid rangey color combination. You know, it's it's tough to just be like, here's my green blue mid range card drawing threat, but it is a goose with a bunch of heads. So it's got that going for it.
0: So I'm I'm kind of waiting for more food payoff cards, I think, from this set, because that's kind of where I see this card going. Like it, it's a fine hydroid crisis, except for it's slow. Green blue is a bad color combination and all that stuff so it's utility to me is like in making the game object food plus it being a reasonable card otherwise uh, as well as an outlet for your food but like from the set right now there are no real food outputs or inputs i guess there's there's nothing to pay you off to having a bunch of food except for this like random enchantment that makes all your food into mana creatures or mana rocks (laughs) mox emeralds which is super weird and Non exciting, uh, and then there's the new red card that was spoiled today, where they all get. They, you can fling them at your opponent to deal one damage uh, for each of the food fights you have in play. It's not one red enchantment.
1: That the text on that card is so weird.
0: Yeah, it's basically if you have one in play, all your food deal one damage. If you have two in play, they deal two. If you have three, three, so on.
2: Uh, the payoffs are just every card is bargain.
0: But are there? any good bargain cards? I only remember Beseech of the Mirror, and I wouldn't consider that like an amazing payoff. Or What are the good bargain cards?
2: Lich Knight's Conquest is is maybe a, 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 one example. I don't know if it would... It might take some setting up, but if you have a few food tokens, then this becomes a math reanimate for 5 mana. 5 mana sorcery, bargain any number of times, and then return that many creature cards from your graveyard to the battlefield.
0: Oh, Okay. I don't hate that so, so you
2: could make a bunch of foods and then cast this or something
0: yeah and then go again there's also the the tooth and nail which i kind of want to talk about just in general because i think it's super weird uh there is a wow i can't spell bargain what is wrong with me Bargain. It's thunderous debut yeah eight mana sorcery green uh, but with bargain, look at the top 20 cards of your library. You can reveal two creature cards from among them. If the spell is bargained, put the real cards on the battlefield. Otherwise, they go into your hand and then shuffle.
1: Just so- just let us search our library at this point. Like, we're shuffling anyways. What is the point of, making, of looking at the top 20? Just so you can't have like a tooth and nail combination of two creatures that wins the game in your deck. And I don't know, I think it's them. super
0: exciting when my 8-mana card that I have to sacrifice permanent for just completely whiffs on the cards I want. I, I just live for that moment where I am extremely upset.
2: Yeah, it's designing scared. scared, for sure. Scared
0: for no reason. It costs 8 mana, just let me do something. <laughs> 8 <laughs> mana and another card.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, imagine casting this non-bargained. Just 8 mana to draw 2 creatures.
2: Yeah, I might as well not have the ability to.
0: <laughs> I mean, Tooth and Nail technically had Entwine. Like, you could theoretically use either
1: mode. Yeah, and casting it for 7 mana was, like, better than casting this Not Bargain, because it's 7 mana and you search your entire library for 2 creatures.
0: <laughs> I have used the Tooth and Nail, put 2 creatures for your hand in a play mode before, without mm-hmm. tutoring first, because yeah. I was just unlucky enough to draw my 2 cards. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just kind of hope I'm just kind of hoping for a food payoff in general, like other th- with the bargain cards too, like to make Goose Mother kind of a playable Magic card because I don't think its color combinations very strong, mm-hmm. uh, and you really want to branch out into like doing something else with it other than it being like a a fine creature.
2: Yeah, I think it just depends on <laughs> what uh, food does because if once we find out what food does, maybe that'll this is a. <laughs> Is this an oko joke? Yeah, I was trying to make an oko okay. joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I really appreciate you for uh <laughs> knowing what I I, I was think trying to say. Yeah
1: the first time we were talking about it, I think that you know, that was that was like part That's of literally part said. of everybody's thing. But then it also was like, Wait, isn't this just doesn't that not matter at all? Yeah, <laughs>
0: Food is a blank artifact token, and it still was busted. Yeah, yep. It was really hard to tell that it was busted, though, until you played with it for the first time, Then it was very easy to tell. Well,
1: yeah, it, it had to do with... Like, if you didn't know what the rates on all of the food cards were going to be, Oko in particular, like...
0: I mean, we knew about Goose. Goose and Oko were previewed on the same day.
1: Yeah, that's all you needed. I want to talk about the Iron Crag. Yeah. Two-mana rock. Two mana, legendary artifact, taps to add a colorless, and whenever a legendary creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may have the iron crag become a legendary equipment artifact named Everflame Heroes Legacy. If you do, it gains equip three, and equip creature gets plus three plus three, and and, and then this loses its mana ability. So it's I'm basically it's just a mana rock that you can't have two in play of. I don't know how good that is, but probably. It does a thing instead. We haven't gotten mana Rocks in a long time.
0: What? So what is the Iron Crag? Like, what's the lore? I think this is a the sword an, in the stone. I don't know what Iron is. Crag feet. There's yeah, feet is that a picture the of him? Is the thing is Iron Crag feet like depicting when you take the sword out and it's just like a bunch of mana? I don't know, oh, it but it's is. crazy that there's this
2: many swords in the stone. <laughs> just kept. Arthur was it. not special.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm just looking at a. Uh, Ironcrag Crag feet, and there are literally a million swords in that art too.
1: <laughs> all right, they're consistent.
0: I, I guess the Iron Crag is just where you store all the swords.
1: Yeah, whenever you need some, you just go to the mountain, pull some swords out of it,
0: grab an Embercleave, and go to town.
1: Mm. This is a different sword, though. It just gives I mean, there's a lot history. of swords.
0: Embercleave was probably there at one point, right, just like sure.
1: sticking out. Anyways. Two mana mana rock in standard, we haven't gotten that in a really long time. And even though it is legendary, it'll probably be good and lets you take a harder look at four mana cards in general. Like Shieldred. Yeah, like Shieldred might be playable.
0: Yeah, Who knows? especially since if you could draw two copies, you can make Shieldred like what, a 7-8? That's pretty big.
2: Yeah, plus it loses all of their abilities, so you won't ever forget the trigger again.
0: Well, no, the Iron Crag is the one that loses abilities. The creature
1: still oh. keeps its all of its abilities. It's, it's wow. really Your reading comprehension order.
2: strikes again.
1: <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> uh, but this will probably allow you to th- at least think about more controlling decks that are not just these like mid range, like playing big bodies at at three and four mana every game sort of things.
2: I think it does limit, how, like the, the fact that it's legendary. I think. Mm-hmm. It's, like, pretty bad to draw multiple of these. But, um, like, Esper Control and Standard plays one copy of the Celestis, which is, like, has a better effect, but obviously is more expensive than this. Yeah.
0: It also taps for every color of mana instead of none of the it colors. It sure does, right. yeah. Which is extremely relevant, especially uh, if you draw this card on, like, turn three and you want to go to mana rock into two-drop. Sometimes you're just not going to be able to cast your two drop because it costs like two different colors.
2: I know Bobby Fortnelli is excited about this for mono green. It's like a one of, though. I'm, I don't know. Do you know not why? making devotion or green mana seems like two knocks against it.
0: I know Bobby is just like really into trying anything, which I respect. Like he was talking about the turtle a little bit ago. Oh, the turtle's nice. The one that like talk about that mills into Nixos and grabs a Nixos. Uh, I don't get this one though. Like it doesn't seem.
2: Well, his argument was that it's the only two mana accelerant that's not a creature. Uh, that taps for. Well, I guess that's not true though. because Wolf of Haven do that? Yeah, Wolf Haven. Of... What was his exact wording? But anyway, yeah.
1: I mean, Wolf of Haven is low key like the best card in the deck. So whoa, but... how
0: are, how are we gonna ban Wolf of... How are we gonna ban Carton the Great
1: Creator if we're talking yeah, about if Wolf, Wolf, Wolf of, of Haven? It's the, the best card in the deck. <laughs> Yeah, it's the best card to see in your opening hand. Yeah, I mean this certainly has downsides because of the legendary nature of it. Also, like Bobby does, just love to try stuff. I remember when, like, when when sacrifice became more popular, and it was like, okay, well, uh, maybe we can fit or, or no, not not when sacrifice became more popular, when the like metamorphic alteration deck started to become a thing, and it was like, okay, well, maybe we can fit a a a witch's oven in the seventy five. And and then Bobby was like, and then we can try a couple of Wicked Wolves too, since we've got the witches. Yeah. Open. I was like, wait, hold on, I don't think that these numbers add up to do anything here. This doesn't now make any sense to me.
0: Now we're cooking. Yeah, I don't, I don't see, I don't particularly see this card for green. It doesn't seem like it does enough.
1: But Mana Rock available in Pioneer could do things in other decks too. It's also legendary, which
0: matters for like. Random cards like Rona or Plaza here Well, maybe not Plaza Heroes specifically, but you get the yeah, idea. Plaza yeah, Plaza Heroes Rona, can
2: cast so. this. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it color of mana. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then when it's in play, it produces. You know that, that other text on Plaza Heroes it still doesn't do anything. Right, you
1: <laughs> can make a colorless mana still.
2: Yeah, you can curve this into a yeah <laughs>
1: That's true. You can. You can. It does curve into <laughs> Rafine.
0: You go Plaza of Heroes, Plaza of Heroes, the Iron Crag. Then on turn three, you go te- another Plaza of Heroes, and then just right. play Rafine. Yeah.
1: yeah, and then you turn this into Everflame Heroes Legacy, and then on on We're turn four, right now. I mean, that would make that would
0: make <laughs> Rafine very big. But <laughs> <Like> when this <laughs> card costs three because of your Thalia, that would suck.
1: Mm, that's
0: tough.
2: <laughs> yeah, you can curve Thalia into this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is why we pay you the big bucks.
2: Yeah, this is what I'm here for. <laughs> turn two Thalia, <laughs> turn three Iron Crag, go. <laughs> yeah, I think it's- hey, the card's good. That's my answer. Yeah,
1: I, I mean, we have no other access to mana rocks in Standard or Pioneer. There's a lot of decks over three years in Standard, and then whatever we want to play in Pioneer, where like this can make a difference. There's a lot of opportunities for a deck to want this.
0: I think this card is good. I just I don't know. I feel weird about it. Like, I'm probably spoiled because I remember playing with mana rocks that were like. Yeah, you just want to play better. with
1: Mindstone and they're not going to let you do that anymore.
0: Well, Mindstone, Talisman's, Signets, Felwar Stone even. Like, i played with all of these cards. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Can we talk about the various spells for fairies that are, like, all kind of sick?
0: spell stutter and such
2: spell stutter there's a thought siege and there's like a minus three minus three for one mana if you have a fairy we're just trying to
0: build lorewin fairies but without any of the good
2: fairies yeah
1: Yeah. (laughs) I like how spell stutter has the text that like everybody who sees spell stutter sprite for the first time like thinks it does everybody looks at spell stutter sprite and like thinks it for spikes and then realizes like oh that would be really fucked up if it did that and the card spell stutter just kind of does that
0: Wait, I thought Spellstutter was uh, one or no blue counter unless they pay two plus one for each fairy you have. Yeah, yeah. But, but like, you know, spellstutter sprite is a.
2: Sp- counters a uh, one mana spell, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Counters a one drop. Or
1: sometimes a zero drop. Or sometimes a five drop if you have Bitter Blossom in play.
2: Yes, I think Spellstudder is really nice. Also, if you play the one mana 3 3 with Ward 2 and three stun counters uh, on turn one, this becomes Mandalink on turn two.
0: I I really like that fairy. The the Sleepcrust fairy. It's Blue Mana Three Three Flying Ward Two. It's three stun counters, you can pay two to untap it, which means two to remove a stun counter.
1: Yeah, it's kinda like a weird Sarah Avenger kinda fairy. I don't know exactly it, like what to compare it to, but
0: it's a, it turns on your fairy spells, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's like I think it's purpose, like Jesse just said. Yeah, like you, you just play this, and now you can actually thought seize them without the horrendous downside, because that thought seize is what you black mana. You look at their hand and exile a card, then you exile a card from your hand unless you control a fairy.
2: You can. I don't think I can. And you can do the minus three, minus three card for like. Yeah, I think that card might be good. <laughs> I don't know. Like you have to hmm. not care about it being a untapped right away like but like in as like a win con and a control deck or something i don't know for like a tempo deck
0: there's there's another blue one drop fairy that's um flying one one when it atvs you can pay two mana and you put a stun counter on something and tap it uh, which is another like seed for you can play a small fairy unturned one or early in the game it does something a little later in the game uh, and it'll power up all these fairy spells that you have access to
1: I could see. I mean, I, I'll need to see exactly what the like creature core of the fairy deck is before I am willing to be like, oh yeah, fairies, of course. Yeah. I mean, they
0: are bitter Bitterblossom in a set. That's not true. <laughs> that It is 100% true.
2: Well, yeah, te- literally printed <laughs> in the set, yes. The bonus sheet?
0: Yeah, it's in the bonus
2: sheet. It's not the okay. and standard. <laughs> yes,
0: that, well, what 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 are we doing here? How okay. dare you call me a liar, sir?
2: You can also... Heartless Act your own sleep cursed fairy
0: to make Ooh. an attack. And Pioneer and in Pioneer. our Blue, Black Furies deck.
2: Yeah. You can use Glizzy Glissa to remove the counters too. I'm just Googling or I'm just searching ways to remove counter cards. That <laughs> <you remember counters.
1: laughs> I have to imagine that if you are combining this with a card that removes counters, it is not worth it.
0: What's the cantrip price of betrayal cop ca- uh called?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Render inert. Render inert, yeah holy shit we're cooking i'm trying to find a card that's like we finally
1: assembled a four mana three three flyer (laughs) yeah but ward doesn't
0: trigger on your own spells
2: the worst part is you do this and it doesn't even get to like untap and immediately attack you still have to wait until your next turn
0: (laughs) or you can just pay two mana
2: oh wait sanctuary ward now we're cooking we're we're out. Here.
1: <laughs> that's okay. That's kind of. I mean, Sanctuary Warden already just like wins the game mostly when it comes. To we just kind of have to
0: wait <laughs> to, to play we're our one 30. drop. Yeah, like these stun counters do go away turn by turn, so you do yeah, have to wait to play to your wait. fairy. <laughs>
1: Uh, Yeah, that might not be it. But I mean, this does make sense to me as like a one mana play that turns on your fairy plays and then is like eventually a creature. And that ward two makes it like pretty hard to deal with efficiently once it gets going.
0: There's a yeah. fairy lord in the set that is probably bad. It's blue and a black 2-2 two, two, flash flying. Whenever another fairy enters the battlefield, each opponent loses one life. But it does have flash. It's the first fairy I've seen in this set with flash
1: yeah that's kind of a lord i don't know if this counts as a lord Um, it's a lady i'm sorry yeah come on now yeah don't
2: misgender you know what i mean i don't
1: i don't know if this counts as a creature that pumps all of your creatures of that creature type
2: well there's three one mana fairies because there's also the black one one that surveils one when it enters the battlefield
0: oh the one yeah you draw a card and lose one life, but if you exile it from your graveyard. Yeah.
1: Problem is, neither of these cards are good, that. so. Yeah. That, that's the tough bit, is that the other one drop fairies are not really good cards at all.
2: You know what's a fairy? Sprite Dragon. Okay. All right.
0: You, man, we're pairing a lot of Akoria cards with these fairies.
2: Oh, are we allowed to play with other cards besides Akoria? <laughs> that was <laughs> a big, big news. Just playing Akoria Eldrain Standard. Fairy Mastermind though—that's a real card.
0: Which one's Fairy Mastermind?
2: The Flash one. The yeah, the, the two fairy. one fairy.
0: Oh yeah, I always forget the name of that card. We just need to insert like a dark confant rule where everyone calls that card Bob. We just need to call you as Cardita.
1: I mean, that's like a start. Sleep Curse Fairy plus Yuda is like okay, two creatures that do the thing that have the right type, and you're not embarrassed to put it in your deck probably.
2: Brazen Bar, obviously Halo Forager at the end of the list, but I hope you enjoyed
1: it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know what format we're talking about at this point, I guess, but...
2: Well, Pioneer is what I was thinking. I, I'm, I'm imagining, like, is this card playable in, like, a Pioneer blue deck? The answer might All be right,
1: no. I'm, I'm doing
0: doing a little Scryfall search for fairies, unless you just did that. I just He's did on that. Pioneer. <laughs> oh, well, okay, well... You got Fairy like Vandal,
2: which is my favorite <laughs> card uh, that we'll never That's see draw, play.
0: Draw your second card, gets a plus one, plus one? Yeah. Ugh. I feel like you <laughs> told us a story about that card. And I did.
2: <laughs> it's the best card. It's part of
0: the lore. Well, all
2: right. So anyway, we,
1: we so fairies. <laughs> we don't know. We we gotta try the deck, right? Fairy right?
0: fairy spells, good. Fairy creatures, bad. Yes. We're gonna have to work that out somehow.
1: <laughs> we we may only have eight playable, like like two playable fairies in standard, but
0: and and about that many in pioneer, apparently. <laughs>
1: Well, Brazen Borrower definitely also like adds to that in Pioneer if we're, if we're doing that thing. Let's see. What else should we talk about? Bitter Chill is kind of cool. Like, Claustrophobia always costs 3 mana, and the 2 mana ones are always like have weird drawbacks, but this is just 2 mana for Claustrophobia with a upside of when it dies, you can pay one, and if you do, you scry one and then draw a card. I don't know how necessary this card is, but like it is actually a removal spell in like a mono blue kind of deck and there are definitely mono blue tempo decks in the past that just would have played this card in standard
0: yeah i've played narcolepsy before in mm-hmm.
1: popper yeah
0: so I, and- I don't think this card's gonna show up all the time in every scene format
2: i have a hard time getting excited about it at all given that Find the monster was uh people were calling it the blue swords to plowshares when it was previewed and <laughs>
1: Yeah, it you have to take a damage from that one and stuff. I don't know. Yeah,
2: but.
0: <laughs> I wasn't part of that party. You
2: didn't it's think it? Was, it's blue blue swords not a swords sensory power. deprivation. Yeah.
0: Sensory deprivation is the loose horse's well. Swords So to polish errors. These people don't know their history. <laughs> <laughs> minus That's three, a, minus in a shred, or Dark Ascension common. It's like mm-hmm. minus three minus two to any creature. <laughs>
1: it was just very good in that draft format. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I'm not getting excited about a two-mana claustrophobia, right? It's just it might fill a, a slot somewhere.
2: Uh, oh, Gruff Triplets is kind of nice.
0: Precursor Golem rolling and its grave right now.
2: Yeah. I want a creativity into, like, three of these. Are <laughs> they
1: not legendary? They are not How legendary. Because we... you have to create work? tokens that are copies of it. Oh... Um... Okay. And then if you have multiple gruff triplets out, then you keep putting plus and plus and counters on all of the things and they get really really big.
2: Keyword large.
1: Can we cast 3 gggg spells in constructed?
2: We don't have to. We're casting a 3 red red spell. Red red, red spell.
1: <laughs> oh, you're serious. You actually want to create it. Well, I don't know. There's
2: triplets. that like transmogifying deck that like the red green one that was casting into like Titan of Industry. And this feels like mm-hmm. a better card to Hardcast than that, but maybe that's not true.
0: Okay. I think it might not be true. I saw Titan Industry Hardcast in the Pioneer several times this past weekend. It was very good.
2: <laughs> yeah, but it's one more man it's Just Yeah, it is.
0: It's worth it. It does a lot of things. It's like, good on every single board state.
1: <laughs> I mean, I don't hate the idea of creativity. Like, it's definitely a card that like creativity for x equals one is is pretty good and then it just scales as you're able to do it more you know it does a good job of that Where kind of like very few threat packages make sense for that but
2: it's the pioneer archon of
1: cruelty yeah, yes exactly it's the pioneer archon of cruelty
0: <laughs> my, my real issue is that like creativity as a deck building core is just not very good in pioneer so, like, overcoming that hurdle
1: is probably the Well, first you just keep the cards
2: in your second. sideboard and then creativity into them whenever you want.
1: <laughs> yeah, these definitely go in the creativity wishboard. Yeah. I forgot about that. That's my bad. I
0: forgot this was solved this past weekend. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, sneak attack it in. You get to keep, you know, two six sixes.
2: Ooh. Flash it in with the card
1: flash Flash. oh yeah probably the best thing you can do with flash i imagine
2: (laughs) have you been liking that card in vintage cube i have
1: i have had someone flash in an Atali against me that was oh that's (laughs) nice but i've also like you know thought seized my opponent let them keep flash and then just like they never were able to do anything with it so you know i have no idea we got a new uh, undying mallet, fa- a new feign death for Recto's scam. Just very slightly better than all of their other feign deaths.
2: I'm not even sure it is.
1: I mean, it lets them both say you the, the counter, I guess, is the downside. It's uh, not dead after all. Instant until end of turn target creature you control gains. When this creature dies, return to the battlefield tapped under its owner's control, then create a wicked roll token attached to it which is an aura token that gives the creature plus one, plus one. And when the aura is put into a graveyard, each opponent loses one life. Kind of the same, except when the creature dies, they lose one life, but also they can Boseju the plus one, plus one counter because it's an aura now. But also it lets you, you know, if you're running six copies and you run like four copies of this, then you can run two copies of the actual undying one, which brings the creature back untapped. So, I don't know. Maybe that's how Scam gets built. I don't honestly care. I don't think it makes a big difference
2: either way. Yeah. As a Scam girl, I'm going to probably keep playing the Feign Death and Undying Malice. But well, Can I ask why? I Well, I just don't think that, like, I, I think they're roughly the same. And there's, like, weird corner cases where, like, this opens it's, you up to, like, getting, like, bolted or something where you wouldn't otherwise, like, Passage Close Bolt or something like that. Uh, for your fury, I mean, it's like mostly I just don't think it's like the the like uh, opponent losing one life thing is that relevant. I could be wrong,
1: but yeah, I think both parts are like kind of irrelevant, except for when they are very relevant, which is r- rare enough that we may just never actually know.
0: I think the one life probably comes up more on average than the baseju bolt thing. Or any equivalents like injured explosives on one, then bolt, got that sort of deal.
2: No, be yeah. on zero,
0: right? Well, yeah, sorry. On, thank you. <laughs> on zero kills your treasure tokens too. Like that. That I don't know. That that feels about as likely as the one life mattering to me. So I don't. I don't think. I think it's just kind of a wash either way.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I would. If someone just told me, yeah.
0: if someone just rolled up with Feign death and undying malice, they like. I already own these why would i upgrade i'm like okay sure then i'm gonna lose anyway
1: <laughs> i literally could never beat this deck so
2: <laughs> you do get to feel smart though that they are like oh well, your deck's not optimal as you're like getting deck, <laughs> yeah that's what, just, as i get just destroyed by this fury
0: <laughs> <laughs> look at look how smug i am right now as i'm headed <laughs> into the loser's bracket <laughs> Uh, you want to talk about Mosswood Dread Knight? This yes, is a card oh, I, got I was spoiled waiting today. for someone to it say something. Super cool. Uh, I'll read it. It's it's 1G human knight, 3-2 with trample. Uh, when it dies, you can cast it from your graveyard as an adventure until the end of your next turn because it has an adventure. Its adventure is Dread Whispers, which is a one in a black sorcery, draw a card, lose a life. All right, Jesse, go. You wanted to talk.
2: I just think this card's great. I think it's really cool. Might be the type of card that makes a Golgari deck reasonable. It's basically my main thoughts. Like, <laughs> I like I I don't know if it's actually good, but like in Pioneer, like I, I, in Standard, it seems like actually just good. Uh, in Pioneer, it seems maybe good, although probably not better than Planar Ractos, because people.
1: I mean, part of me wonders if it's actually like better than Tenacious Underdog. When it does die, you have to then immediately cast the sorcery or you know before the end of your next turn or else it goes away whereas like tenacious underdog you can kind of just put out there whatever happens to it and then eventually you start blitzing it
2: we have to blitz it
1: every time Yeah, you have to you have to blitz it. you must blitz it every turn um but like you know tenacious underdog has been pretty good and this is similar to it and also can like keep blocking as the game goes on if that's uh, uh, necessary so it, you know it's different card different purposes
2: potentially i um, have pretty big tenacious underdog hater uh in standard but mm. like I, I played one this past weekend um sure but i yeah it's probably you can also like discard tenacious underdog to rafine or whatever else or like liliana in a way that you can't do it this
0: um i mean unlike tenacious underdog this card to stay in play and blocks.
1: Right. After you've, like,
2: cycled it. Yeah, it does block absolutely. forever.
1: That is kind of sick. Like, mo- these cards usually don't do that.
2: Yeah, they normally put some sort of text on it.
1: Green cards can't come into play to Everyone knows that.
2: Yeah. Maybe this is just, like, the mid-range card. Like, like Golgari decks. Modern Golgari decks. Not literally modern, but, like, contemporary Golgari decks have been waiting for i don't
1: know it does like it also does a way better job of helping you like hit your third and fourth land drops than a card like tenacious
2: underdog does and if you don't you still get to cast this card
1: yeah
0: yeah like if you pay your two mana draw a card lose a life don't hit your land drop all play, pay my other two drop it's all in the exile zone
1: (laughs) it's also like kind of sick to be green black like if if we just get a couple of cards that make sense with it because glissa Sunslayer is just a really good magic card that you also isn't...
0: get a dual land in the set that's a creature land which mm. gains you life like it makes a food whenever it attacks so you can theoretically offset like losing a bunch of life off this card
1: yeah and i, I don't I think... know when
0: we're cracking food but you know <laughs> we'll figure it out <laughs>
1: Glissa is just like a very good magic card that has been impossible to fit into a deck. So once the green black deck has enough reasons to exist, then it might, you know, hit a critical mass of of good cards and be a good deck.
0: That's the the three mana one. First strike yeah. on touch. Yeah, Contact, on on hit triggers do stuff.
1: Yeah. Glissa Glissa's nice. Have you both seen uh the green knight?
2: No, I the haven't. Movie, but this yeah. made me want. This reminded
1: me that I want to see it at some
2: point. It's a, a high recommend from me,
0: but I'm familiar with the text.
1: <laughs> well, the, the, the text, text in the film are are a little <laughs> different. Yeah, I'm sure
0: they are. <laughs> oh, I should put that on the movie
1: list. Uh, is try. this a list of movies that you want to watch, or a list of movies for watching with, like, for movie Folks. nights with? Your- it's so just this one is movies. a tough one it's not a movie, for that.
0: Not a movie night one. It's a, I have smart friends. CCR.
1: I, I mean, you need
0: film friends for this one, right? Oh, okay. Maybe it'll just be a personal movie list because I do have one of those
1: too. It's it's a flim. It's it's not a movie really. A flim. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah, you're selling me on that it hard. hard. I love flims.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <it's, laughs> I I feel like you would appreciate it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've, I have been wanting to see it since it was in theaters, and then I just forgot about it. Ooh, up the beanstalk. Have you talked about that one yet?
1: Oh yeah, we should definitely talk about that one.
0: This is it the one in the G? It's
2: one in the card G.
0: If you a five drop, five or greater
1: drop. Yeah, these cards never just draw a card on their own. That's yeah. crazy that this just draws a card. Oh wait, it does do that. I didn't realize that. <laughs> did you not? Oh, oh man, no.
2: comprehension Lee. Uh-oh. Strike one. Losing it's points. Not, I'm,
1: not,
0: I'm not perfect.
1: <laughs> All right. So for everybody who who has not processed this card yet, up the beanstalk, one in green enchantment. When up the beanstalk enters the battlefield and whenever you cast a spell with mana value five or greater, draw a card. So the first time that you cast a spell with mana value five or greater, like this already was a two mana draw two. And then anything past that is, is just gravy. and there's a lot of mana value five or greater cards that don't actually cost five mana to cast. Is kind of the the joke of this card. So, Fury and Solitude, Leyline Binding, kind of like foremost among those. But there's other options as well. I guess Force of Will, if we're really trying to do something in Legacy. But God,
2: I the, like. I think the question is like, is this card good enough if you trigger it like one additional time besides its own ETB? Which, like, it is divination, but it's like a delayed divination. So, is that, like, I don't know. I'm really curious to see this card in action.
0: Mostly the cards you want to play with are cards you can cheat the cost on, right?
2: Yes. I think so. Or can
0: you just straight up play five drops?
1: Cause
2: well, you can also do that probably, but it depends on the format, obviously. But
1: I mean, it definitely is a card that, like, is backbreaking if the game goes kind of long. Like if you cast this and then you like evoke a solitude on something, and then it just sits there because like the game is extended because you were solituding stuff, and then eventually you cast a leyline binding and then hard cast a fury or whatever. It's like holy crap, this did so much work this game.
2: Yeah, it's also crazy in pioneer with Yorion because like <laughs> <laughs> you cast the Orion, draw a card, then blink it, draw another card.
0: And your leyline bindings also draw cards.
1: Yeah. I, well, they don't draw additional cards when they blink, but they do draw cards when you well, pass them. But yeah, off yeah, off the
0: green enchantment. Yes, <laughs> they they go up the beanstalk. I assume that's the flavor of drawing a card.
1: Uh, yeah, I, we've gotten really far from like researching in the library as the flavor of drawing a card, but I guess we had to give green card draw. So, uh, and also, it if seems- someone ever
2: tells me that they're that. Like to my face that they are going up the bead stock. I'm going to slap them across the face. I, I somehow it just doesn't sit right with me.
1: It's definitely an innuendo, yeah. <laughs> it, also, potential with like enigmatic incarnation because it is uh, an enchantment that you draw a card and then can sacrifice to get a three. But also that deck plays leyline bindings and then like several five mana creatures.
0: I have an enchanting side note mm-hmm. because Mr. Bob and Cheese did. Uh, Top A in the Pioneer. Yeah. No, he he, oh, he split conceded the finals. In the finals, yeah. To have the other person get the invite, because he wasn't. He could not go to Atlanta. Basically, kind of just crushed that tournament. And one of the things he really liked was um, suggestion of Path to the World Tree mm-hmm. <laughs> in the Enchantee's deck, because it Ultim- actually, yeah, it actually let you cast keep a better range of hands because it gave you a land every time. Instead of like
2: yeah, my
1: that nice. or whatever. Mm-hmm. This does not do that, so.
2: Yeah, so I, that is the thing. It's like, is this better than that? Maybe not. You can sack it to bargain though. In standard. True. That's true.
1: We still haven't seen that many bargain cards that like get, get the blood flow in.
2: No, but you better believe I'm ready.
1: <laughs> to go up the beanstalk.
2: How dare you, Chris? (laughs) How dare you?
1: He's
0: saying it now while he's safe from, uh, you know, the internet is a safe place here. (laughs) Too far away to get slapped.
1: Let me me scroll down this list. What else is cool? You got any other ones that you really wanted to talk about? We've also been talking for a while, but...
0: I just read the card Candy Trail, which is a food clue. That card's cool. Uh, I don't think it's good, but I like it.
1: It's one mana for an artifact food clue. When it, when it ETBs, you scry two. Two taps, oh, sacrifice man. it, you gain three life and draw a card.
2: Oh, that's crazy. That's kind it of has
1: all it, it has all
0: the one mana artifact text.
1: Yeah, it does all of the things.
0: <laughs> it basically does all the things artifacts do except for tap for mana.
1: Yeah, it's like witch as
2: well plus... Uh... <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't know. One mana artifacts that like kind of do stuff just find homes and places
2: yeah this is a staple in breach i'll tell you that right now
1: yeah obviously any one mana artifact that drew a card would be instantly playable and almost ban worthy in several formats but like arkham's astralia yep okay uh oh we didn't talk about agatha's soul cauldron so oh my god i feel
0: like i talk about the card all the time
1: yeah i mean we talked about it since then but it wasn't spoiled on our last episode
0: okay i love that card do you want to go jesse
2: it's so good. Because you, you had a reaction. I, yeah, well, it's just so funny how the rules cease to exist when this card gets going. Like, you can... <laughs> yeah. Like, obviously, there's the Gris Synergy, which is, like, the probably the most, like, reliable use case for this card. Writing about this card earlier, I just sort of made up an, another combo you can do, which is if you have Magda in play with a counter on it, and you have uh, Devoted Druid and... Uh, Arcbound Ravager. Under this, you get infinite mana, um, which you can then spend to activate a Walking ballista That's under this. Um, as one example of the many things you can do. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, it's it's basically a build your own Necroticus, like very yeah. easily. I'll read the card because and people don't know what it does. It's a two mana legendary artifact. I forgot about this part of the card, but you can spend mana as though it were mana of any color to activate abilities of creatures you control. Creatures you control with plus one plus one counters on them have all activated abilities of all creature cards exiled with Agatha's Soul Cauldron. And you can tap it to exile a card from a graveyard. And when a creature card is exiled this way, you put a plus one plus one counter on a creature you control.
1: So like the easiest combo with it or like the the most like well-known combo so far is... If you have a grist in your graveyard, you can exile the grist and then any of your creatures with plus one, plus one counters on them just have grist's abilities. So if you happen to have like a metallic mimic or other, a a grum gully or something like that, that puts plus one, plus one counters on creatures when they come into play, you can plus it and then it'll make an insect with a plus one, plus one counter, which you can also plus to make another insect and mill your whole deck and you know, have a bunch bunch of insects, have a bunch of insects so that that's that's nice but then there's just like infinite pieces of nonsense that you can do with walking ballista type things um
2: you just like spend time thinking about cards that are combo cards you can start just putting like i it took me like two minutes to like assemble i was like okay magda taps over and over again but what do we want to like Pair with that, I guess. Devoted Drew to untap it. However, you get counters on it. Well, I guess she's making treasure tokens, so Arcbound Ravager gives her counters, which get, makes it infinite. Like, <laughs> just like you know, <laughs> you can do whatever you want. This card's crazy.
0: And you have a bunch of time. Like the the cool thing about this card is it gives all your creatures with plus one counters the ability. Yeah. Uh, and you can exile the cards over time, and then if you play a card and it already has a plus one counter, counter, uh, it just already has everything under the cauldron.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It also, is. here's a combo for you. Exile Grizzle Brand with this. And then <laughs> That's play it, Raktos that's the whole Cackler.
0: combo. <laughs> <laughs> and play Ractus Cackler.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs>
0: that was the one. That was the one you picked. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Oh
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> kind of make sure your grizzle brand can't block. <laughs> uh, yeah. I I'm excited to try this card out in like literal warden and Scales and Modern. Because all those creatures have plus one one counters. I wanted to play at least a value one and see how it plays. But making all your creatures into walking plus is extremely strong.
1: Yeah. Also, just, you know, it's a source of plus one, plus one counters, which is a source of multiple plus one, plus one counters and hardened scales. Like it's a cute little synergy piece, even if it's not doing anything completely wild. And probably it will give you a lot, a decent amount of those like, oh, I have three lands in play and now you're dead things that hardened scales can do sometimes.
0: Yeah, i want gonna i to try it because it sounds super cool.
2: Yeah,
1: very neat card.
2: This is probably the best card in the set.
0: I would believe it. It's wow, pre-ordering for $30, it's so expensive.
1: What kind of pre ordering for $30?
0: Pre-order.
1: Pre-order. Oh,
2: oh okay. I also yeah. heard pre-ordain.
0: Yeah, that's my fault. But you would know if I was trying to talk about the card preordained because I always call it ponder. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Wow, you can ponder this card for thirty dollars.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> um,
1: Pondering yeah, soul cauldron. cauldron is, I I can see why because it's also going to be like beloved in like commander and stuff. Like this card just I'm, does everything.
0: I mean, necrotic. is the card? Is a beloved card. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. And this is just a way easier and more efficient version of that card. I think.
2: Yeah, cards a heater.
0: It's only limited limits is your imagination basically i expect people to come up with a bunch of crazy stuff that i don't have time to search through scryfall to do
1: yeah i mean the the pity of it is that like there's all these cool things but like is just making a gristle brand better than that a lot of the time and probably
0: yeah but this is a graveyard hate cards you can exile your opponent's gristle brand and then go to town
1: I want to make one of my creatures into an avatar of woe is all. I just want like more uh, listed reason to play avatar of woe again. I mean, avatar of woe triggers your beanstalk. There there you go. For only (laughs) it costs only black black. If there are 10 creatures in all graveyards. Which was hard to do with Soul Cauldron. (laughs) 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 All right. Anything else y'all want to talk about?
2: Rakdos Tackler. Um, I'm just cackle. Nah.
0: <laughs> there are a lot of cool cards in the set. i am,
1: think I'm done with talking about them for now. Yeah, That's I cool. feel the same way. I I think that is totally reasonable. I think we have talked about plenty.
2: I think just like speaking sort of more broadly, what I love about this set is there's a ton of really cool cards that look strong, but nothing looks like broken yet, at least. Um, which is just like it feels like they. May have knocked it out of the park in terms of just like fun game pieces that don't ruin the game.
1: <laughs> yeah, I fingers hope so. crossed.
0: I, I'm actually a little. I I really loved the last cell drain. I don't know if you would consider that ruining the game or not.
2: I would. I think El- the last cell okay. drain. They banned seven cards from it, and it was still the strongest set in standard until it rotated. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: so I I'm a big fan of breaking the game. Apparently, I. One of my favorite play experiences was playing all iterations of that Standard. Except for Oko. Oko was heinous.
2: Yeah. I mean, the cards were cool. Uh, I just, by the end of its reign and Standard, the Naya Adventures deck just felt like the straw that broke the camel's back. I was like, how is, are the, all these cards still the best thing you can do in this format? Yeah.
1: yeah. The The iteration of Standard, that was just like, it's Adventures again. It's Adventures again. Like,
0: I mean, that- I think some of that is also they like, you know, Took their foot off the gas after releasing Throne of Eldraine and just nothing could compete with it. Mm-hmm. I do have hope for this set a lot more in that regard because it's a way better balance <laughs> just looking at the cards. Like we just thought, like Jesse just said, I guess Soul Cauldron is probably the best card in the set, and it's like this super niche, weird combo thing
1: that it's everybody's in be. love with, though. So, yeah. you know, good job.
2: Shout out to Watsy! I'm sure four weeks from now, when half these cards need to get banned We're when gonna be so mad running rampant, then you can roast my ass.
0: Watsy can't possibly listen to this podcast. We haven't been visited oh, I was talking by anything. I mean, like
2: the, the, the fans when when they, <laughs> the when they fuck it. yeah
1: anyway <laughs> good for now though, as almost always when a new set is about to come out, we get to be optimistic. Well, cool. I appreciate everybody listening. Thank you all so much for your time, Jesse. Thank you for joining us. It is always a pleasure.
2: Happy to happy to be here.
1: Uh, I know. I'm not so leaving. People can... I'm
2: going to be here forever. Now you can't get rid of me. You have to. <laughs> but the
1: stream me. will end. I oh, haven't okay, eaten well dinner then, yet. Like, yeah, I haven't be either. be there. Pretty hungry. Oh, geez. <laughs> yeah, we should probably go that Jesse, people can find you on Twitter at, at Titty Pills. You're also doing stuff for TCC and, uh, writing as well. Any, anything you want to plug, anything that's come out recently?
2: Um, no, not really. Join my Patreon, read my CFB articles, watch my TCC videos, like my Titty Pills tweets. Like, like,
1: like me. Like me as a person. (laughs) Yeah, of course. (laughs) Um yeah this uh podcast is also recorded live on my stream on tuesday evening so come hang out if you would prefer to consume your podcasts that way i i don't know it's probably not the best way because it's not edited or anything and we have some amount of technical problems at the beginning but it's, it's fun
2: it's i don't remember authentic. that personally but i think i blacked <laughs> it out
0: neither does the listening audience right y'all got it yeah
2: exactly
0: it probably just didn't happen
2: no, yeah, you guys sound crazy right now. I don't know what you're talking about. Just deny, deny, deny. Yeah. Oh, um, I would like to plug my favorite meme, actually. Everyone, go <laughs> look up. He will never go blanky mode. Um, and I'll I'm make it. The love. I'll make
1: it the thumbnail for this episode. Oh, thank God. Thank you so much. You're welcome. If if that's not the thumbnail, no, I'm gonna I'll be very it. disappointed. Don't worry. At I'll the worry. very
2: least, the blankie mode pig
1: should should be anyway it's easy, but i'll make it happen don't worry um yeah but that's it thanks everybody really appreciate it have a great week bye